penultimate episode of the men talk health podcast thank you for everyone who's listened so far um in the series yeah like i said this is a ninth and second to last episode and today we'll be talking about how sport can impact mental health both positively and also negatively um i'm joined today by one of my best mates ollie rug you know he's going to introduce himself just a little bit um and then i'll go on to the questions we're going to answer today so ollie if you want to you know take it away yes mate so hey my name's ollie um i'm currently 17 about to turn 18 just doing my a levels this summer um about to go to uni in september as well so exciting um a huge football lover as well which is why it's great to be on here to talk about sport with luke um been supporting west ham united for for the last seven many years ups and downs but but um yeah it's definitely a great big part of my life and excited to talk about my experiences with football with luke today yeah, solid. I'm also a West Ham fan, I think I need to state, but nowhere near as fanatical as Ollie is. I'm a <laughs> bit of an armchair fan. But yeah, the questions we'll be discussing today are as follows. So firstly, on a personal note, how is your participation in sport and exercise? Uh, how does it impact your mental health? And then secondly, as usual, we're going to zoom out and look at how do you think other people who aren't who aren't necessarily involved with sport how can they use it to impact their mental health in a positive manner? And then thirdly, we're going to look at governments, institu- institutions, um, on an institutional level, including governmental bodies, sports associations such as the FA, and also clubs and teams. What can be done at that level to improve the opportunities for people to get into sport and then therefore improve their mental health? Um, as usual, we just include some stats at the beginning of each discussion just to give a bit of scientific backing. Um, so according to helpguide.org, running for 15 minutes a day or walking for an hour reduces the risk of major depression by 26%. So that's a quarter. That's that's quite considerable. Mm. Um, and when it's talking about running, it's not just running. That can be running in another sport, for example. Um, secondly, postandcorea.com says in a study of elite young Swiss, a- Swiss athletes, mental well-being peaked at around 14 hours of sport per week. But then above 17.5 hours, the odds of poor mental well-being more than doubled. So again, something we'll be discuss- discussing today, how overwork and actually sport in general can also negative- negatively impact mental health. And then lastly, people who got regular vigorous exercise were 25% less likely to develop depression or an anxiety disorder over the next five years. And that's according to Newport Academy. So Ollie, going back to the first question. Yeah. On a personal note for you, how has your participation in sport and exercise, and that can be as a fan as well, how's that impacted your mental health? Um, so overall, I think being a part of sport has been positive for my mental health. So obviously I love playing football. I love getting together with mates to have a game. Um, and obviously pre-COVID, I was able to to go and watch, watch West Ham play a lot. I had a season ticket. And that 
that always kind of drove me forward through my week. I'd get to the weekend and I couldn't wait to go and watch watch West Ham play. Um, obviously, as you've just stated, the the benefits of of exercise are huge. Um, and in lockdown as well, I I made an effort to try and go on runs. I'd as I was like sitting at my desk all day doing work all day in this one room. It was so important to get out just 15 minutes just short little runs to make sure that that i kept i kept positive and i kept kept things ticking over um and yeah that 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 stuck as a habit and i'm still still doing that now um so it's great yeah i think obviously with the football i think i'm so invested into into my team that when things go wrong when when you do lose when you when things bad happen obviously it's it can have a negative impact, but I feel like with sport, with football, with running, anything, the benefits definitely outweigh the pos- uh, the challenges, I think. Yeah, 100%. I think for me as well, quite a similar story. So, used to be quite involved in football, but more sort of like just playing Sunday League, never been a massive, massive, massive fan. Um, but definitely during lockdown, going on runs, getting out of the house, um was honestly so valuable and I remember one time like every like everything was just so stressful it was right at the beginning of the pandemic when everything was just going off um and it was such a new thing and everyone it was when it was still like a bit of a novelty everyone was um buying all the anti-back and everything it was going on sale for like 50 pounds on ebay and stuff (laughs) everyone was all worried I was anxious and stressed and I just went on a run and everything just seemed normal even if it was just for the hour um and I definitely think yeah, those sort of times when the, the sort of runs and exercise that I've done when I've, it's just been spontaneous, it's not been scheduled and I've just been like, you know, I just want to go on a run, I just really feel it and the weather's been nice, you know, they, they've really, really helped um, my mental health and actually when things have happened, so say for example, failing a driving test, which I have a lot of experience in, um, going for a run after each failed attempt really helped and just put everything into perspective. Um, I definitely agree with you, though, to be honest, because, for example, when I used to play Sunday League football, if we lost in the morning, I'd be like really moody for the rest of the day. Yeah. And just feel really down, especially even if if it was like a really big loss. I say we're talking like 6-0, 7-0, which didn't happen very often, thankfully. But when things like that happened, it really just just knocked your mood for the rest of the day. Have you ever felt that when you've been playing and like lost or something like not just as a fan? But well, uh this week, my team lost about 15 0 and seven aside. <laughs> Exposed, <laughs> yeah. I know, mate. We had a lot of our players were missing, so we had some some players filling in, it just didn't go too well. But yeah, so that wasn't that wasn't great, obviously. I'm Luke, you know me, I'm a bit of a sore loser. And last week, we were playing together, we were both captains against yeah, each other. Yeah, I didn't want to mention it. I didn't want to, I think, it. I think it has to be said, but Luke defeated me and very convincing that, that didn't that didn't it was not <laughs> that did not go well um but no obviously i think even in those situations just the opportunity to play football with your friends and see your mates and after get active so i think it's yeah especially after this lockdown like i don't care if i lose as long as i can see people and and play football after after being inside after being in my house for for three months and even longer before that obviously yeah it's it's definitely great Hundred percent. You've basically said it there. Yeah, uh, I th- I think like even people who aren't involved in th- things like football, I don't think they realise like how much it re- it honestly impacts your moods. Um, 
And like, for example, yeah. even that little win, I was so buzzing after that. I was like, come on, like, <laughs> not only have we been able to, you know, get everyone together, have another game and stuff, yeah. especially just for going back to uni. Um, but yeah. like, we won as well, you know, got a few goals there as well. <laughs> it's like, really boost your mood. Um, and yeah, in terms of like the social aspect, we haven't even covered that yet, to be fair. But like most sports can be done with other people. And like, even with running, which for a lot of people is like a solo mm. sport, you go off on your own or whatever. I always prefer running with other people because I get more motivated and yeah, I'm more motivated to do it. And you have conversation on the way, you know, obviously bond with them and stuff. And what I found is actually during runs and things like that, maybe not necessarily football, but on runs, it's been really easy to open up to people because you're running, you're literally dieting, your breathing is like out of control and yeah, you're just running and then you just feel so at ease and so relaxed. You're just more likely to talk about things, get things off your chest. So Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like I would definitely recommend, I know obviously we're technically still in a lockdown, aren't we? But like I would recommend anyone out there who hasn't, who isn't part of any sport and who's thinking, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, it's too much energy and stuff. Like you're not just, you're not just improving your physical health. You're improving so, like you're improving literally every aspect of your life. Um, yeah yeah exactly and and if you don't mind look even if you're not up for for sport even if you just text your mate and hey do you want to go for a walk today do you want to grab a drink let's go to the park for a bit like just getting out with people after such a long time being inside i think is so important for your mental health yeah i thought you were gonna say grab a drink and go to the pub there i was like fair enough it's still a walk but well they're open (laughs) yeah like I mean, recently as well, like ever since I, I came back from uni for Easter and I was like, right, I need to get my act together. I've not been in a good like gym or workout routine for ages. So then I just sort of decided I was like, I'm going to use the dodgy bench press I've got at home. Like it is sort of falling apart, but it was so good getting into that routine. You really do get like a little high after each workout and every PB you get, even if it's in football, say you've scored more goals than you've scored before in a match you really do get a sense of fulfillment and it's not just short term. It does stick with you. And obviously over time, if you do start to see positive changes or physically, I guess, which will happen if you put the work in, um, then your mental health will, will follow because you'll feel good about yourself. Your self-esteem will go up. And I think this links really good into the next question, which is again, I know we've covered it a little bit, but, for anyone listening who perhaps again maybe they want to get involved in a sport but they don't know how to and they don't know how to start especially at this time um how would you yeah how would you recommend those sort of people to get into a sport and make sure that they use it to improve their mental health and then also uh, alongside that sort of a sub question how can they ensure that the sport doesn't take over and actually negatively impact their mental health um so i think that i think that if like i said you don't have to be a big footballer you don't have to be a big rugby player you could you could just want to start walking for example everything everyone is at different places and i think it's just really important to find someone who's on that same same wavelength or a few people if you want to play like a team sport but i think just finding people that you're you're comfortable with to to just go on a walk go on a run to just to just chat and there's so many benefits like we said physical benefits mental benefits 
and just to see people and, and talk to people after such a long time is is really good so i'd recommend definitely seeing if there's if there's anyone in your in your circle that that you think that you would be able to to do some exercise with play some sports with and like also i believe that sport is one of the best ways to meet new people as well like the amount of times i've played football and and gone to gone to the pitch and there's been people there that i've never seen before but you get to know people and and it's great for building friendships as well as not just doing stuff with people you know um sorry luke what was that second question you asked so the second one was yeah I, i'm gonna add a bit of background to this one so there's definitely been times where for example well last year i'd have like a fell race coming up and all the worry about that race and all of the planning that went into like doing training and stuff for it, that would actually start to negatively impact my mental health. So I'd get a little bit stressed about it, you know, nothing major, but it wouldn't be enjoyable anymore. So how would you say, how would you advise? Or, I mean, you could give a personal experience from, from the past as well, if you wanted, but how could someone who's getting into a sport, make sure that it doesn't start to take over other areas of their life, for example, which could then actually sort of make their mental health experience worse. Um, I'd probably say that it's just important to, um, to just make sure that you are enjoying it. And if there is something that, that maybe is affecting you negatively, you, you kind of take a step back from that kind of thing. Um, I know it's much easier said than done, but like, I remember a few years ago in school playing football, and then the group of guys that I was playing with, I wasn't getting on best with. And I, I just kind of decided to kind of step away from that. And and because that was kind of negatively affecting me a bit. So I think that finding people you get on with is important. And I just think that, that yeah, if there's something not right about it, I think it's it, it might be good to step back. But... I, I genuinely believe that through sport, through exercise, that there's so many positives to take from it. And I think that it is a great opportunity for, for people if you're not as active as you might want to be or you want to you want to see what those benefits could be for you. I just I highly recommend just getting outdoors and, and getting involved. Yeah, I just want to be clear again. Yeah, like our overwhelming message to, to our listeners is that sport is a massive force for good in terms of mental health but yeah. there are also times when you need to be aware so yeah like I said I mean for me um there were times when I've always found actually with when it when it comes to sport whenever I try and like whenever I try and like achieve a goal or set myself something it's not as enjoyable like for example with running if I'm recording my run and it's on Strava and stuff and I'm trying to see how far I'm going what my pace is and stuff um it sort of doesn't it's not as enjoyable because i'm sort of thinking in my head well if i stop now then my pace is going to go down by this much and then if i i'm gonna have to run really fast to last like 10 minutes to make to get it back up and then strava also has this thing called uh segments where you can there's like a leaderboard and stuff so that's in the back of your mind as well i'm a very like competitive person but at the same time when for me i think sometimes sport can lose its fun um when you're just really pushing something and then you, I just I don't know I just get like demotivated so yeah so 
yeah. someone starting in sport, you don't need to start by setting. Ollie's already covered it really well, but you don't need to start by setting massive goals and things like that. You don't. You don't need to start by saying like, "Oh, I'm going to do five thousand kilometers this year," because firstly, it's frankly, um, well, it's quite damaging because if you if you suffer an injury, you're going to be out of, out of it anyway for quite a while. And secondly, um, yeah, if you you don't want to burn out quickly, because I think that's sort of what happened with um like with me and running like i literally set myself a goal of 2000 kilometers a year i almost got that i got to like 1800 so it was quite annoying fair play fair play it's all right <laughs> never got anywhere near that but <laughs> that wasn't my that wasn't my like most fun year of running because i was trying to if we went on holiday i would literally be running around the field to try and make up the distance and then like we'd be going out for a restaurant as like a, you know, like me and my family, we're going out for a, to a restaurant for dinner. We were in like Portugal, for example. And also we're running around the garden and I'd have to get ready in like two minutes, which wasn't fun. So <laughs> I don't quite yeah. extreme, but yeah, for people listening, um, I think to, to clarify it, if you want to get into a sport, the internet is your best friend. If you want to, like I said, you're in the internet and your friends are the other people to go to. If you, if you don't have a group of friends who are really into sport and stuff and that it's not something they want to get involved with, then honestly, just look up your local club. Things are reopening. Um, I think soon, I, I, I think Sunday league teams are, uh, are starting up again. Yeah, yeah, no, yep. they are. Um, so certainly for football, but for other things as well, all sports outside are, are now pretty much back on. So like I said, it, there's there's almost like no excuse. <laughs> it's like Yeah, and, and I, I yeah. guarantee you as well that you will meet people that you get on with. Mm. Uh, there's nothing like sport, as in it's the easiest way to connect with people. It's the easiest way to, to meet new people. And through personal experience, I've met so many people through playing football. For example, I played, I played a five-a-side a few weeks ago, and I think I knew about about four of the 10 people there. But when we walked off the pitch, we were having conversations with the new people that you met. And honestly, you won't regret it if you want to get involved. 100%. Yeah. And I remember as well, um, like even when, so we, when, when things were open and stuff, and when we, we would go to like Leighton Orient, everyone there was so happy and so friendly. Like people just say hi to you and stuff. And it was such mm. a funny atmosphere. The other, the away fans would be chanting, things like oh you're just a bunch of southern bastards and things like that it was just a really nice atmosphere i loved it like i remember that game along. yeah and then do you remember the one where there's a squirrel squirrel on the pitch and they were like oh my gosh it ran the whole <laughs> way back to the pitch didn't it yeah and everyone was just laughing like away fans um home fans everyone was just laughing and yeah like i said i've obviously there's rivalry and competition but there's so much more than that and like mm. For example, recently, with the whole Super League stuff, we saw all fans coming together yeah, yeah, and, and trying to help each other out. It wasn't yeah. about competition. Um, so, yeah, honestly, join a sport because you won't find a community like it elsewhere, basically. I'll, I'll tell you now, it would be very rare to see me supporting Tottenham fans. <laughs> but it has to be said that the way that the fans of all those six clubs got together... And we're against the Super League. Yeah. It is incredible how... And that shows the power of, of community and the power of friends in football. There we go. Fans of this top six, in, in, in quote marks, you have West Ham fan support. West Ham and in the top six now, mate. 
Well, yeah, true, true. <laughs> That's why I said in quote marks. You know, I can't yeah. do that on the podcast. I can't do that <laughs> thing, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, actually, on that note, that is very nicely moving on to sports associations and, and, and government. Um, and then also, I think within that, again, clubs and teams, and that's professional teams, semi-pro, down the tiers, but a good, uh, good COVID line there, um, right down to amateur sport and school sport, uni sport. I think that's quite relevant. Um, so what would you say as institutions? And again, feel free to bring the Super League into this because I think that's quite relevant, even though it only lasted or didn't even last any amount of time did it because it didn't start but um how what can they do with the money with the resources with the funding that they have to improve the opportunity for people to get in sport because i just want to make it clear i do think grassroots sports is such a neglected area and that is mm. the government's fault that's sports association's fault and it is also professional teams fault so yeah what's your view on that well first and foremost the uh the proposed clubs of the super league are the richest clubs in the world and even a tiny percentage of that money would help grassroots out an incredible amount yeah and if that super league was to go ahead the knock-on effect Mm. would have been drastic if you think about it already grassroots is struggling and if you take those teams out that's income lost for for the championship, for League Two, for smaller clubs like Orient, and it goes down and down and down to grassroots level, and the effect that has on the community as well. So I think that clubs need to yeah. support grassroots more. I think they need to invest in it more. Um, and I think also what has to be done is social media teams have to make sure that they kick out all this abuse online mm-hmm. because it doesn't have effect just it doesn't have only an effect on professionals but people who might want to get into football and are looking at all these seeing all these like the racist um, comments yeah seeing like that, all yeah. these things online about how footballers are being racially abused and they might just think no I, I, that's not for me and of course of course any anyone is is to be worried if they if they see that going on yeah so they have to do more they have to do more and i know i know the uh, all the Premier League clubs are doing a boycott of social media next weekend, but it's a start. Not really enough. It's a start, but it's not enough, 100%. I, I think what's interesting, actually, yeah, talking about football, to divert it a little bit, I guess, like we saw, unfortunately, a lot of people saw, he's a very popular figure, but Claude on AFTV, um, mm. obviously he, he actually did an interview before, you know, he passed away on on mental health and, and how he was struggling. And some things in that interview are really poignant. And he was saying things like that actually football a lot of time was what was kept him going and doing the interviews and stuff. And, you know, the relationship he had with Ty and other people on the AFTV Mm. team, that was what was keeping him going. And because of lockdown, he couldn't do that. And then I think think it was his mum who passed away or his nan maybe. And then... um, he just he just hit rock bottom because there was no football left and like what you're saying about no money going to grassroots what the big clubs don't see and what the owners don't see is that not only are they taking money away from grassroots which means that they're not getting the equipment they're not getting facilities they're not getting resources to play games actually the fans and the players their mental health is going to take a knock on knock on effect as well and that just can't be quantified like if you say for example you get one grassroots team and for that town that's the team you know everyone's there Mm. 
on Sunday, some of the older people come along as well. They're lonely during the week and that's when they get to talk to people. If that if that club disappears, where do they go? Like, what are they going to do? 100%. They're just going to be lonely the whole week and they're not, not going to get any outlet to talk to anyone else. Yeah. Luke, you know my boys, Roxham FC. Uh, <laughs> a, little, a little non-league club where I go on holiday in Norfolk and... I've I've been down there a few times to support them and and the community feel in that in that club is is huge like loads of people it's a very kind of rural quiet area and it was just great to see so many people just making conversation just having that sense of community around the club and if grassroots goes clubs like them go and Claude's story definitely shows that that football means so much to so many people. Yeah. And and I think, yeah, yeah. The government response, um, I always, every episode, it is tradition now that the government gets criticised and people like Boris Johnson. Um, the government response to the Super League was so hypocritical because the only reason they're responding is because the Premier League for them is a duel, you know? It's, yep. it's they know they can't go against what football fans want because they will get so much backlash. It was nothing to do with them caring about us or football at all. As it much as I appreciate as much as I appreciate that um politicians speak out against this, it it it's shocking that they were so quick to talk about this mm-hmm. but but were silent about so much that yeah. arguably means more to like if it's a super league or racism from sport is eradicated i know i know that that, that, that can't happen because people were people are stupid yeah. but there are more important issues than yeah the super league like you can restructure the super league you can you can get rid of it but if you like getting rid of racism in sport think of how many people's lives that would benefit and and also how many more people would then feel comfortable to join football, for example? Like, mm. like I was saying, like the government, they, they're focusing on issues which benefit them financially. That's it. So they don't care if your local grassroots team goes under. They genuinely couldn't care less. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fact that professional footballers are racially abused for, for mistakes, like misplacing a pass that could lead to a goal or, or making a dodgy tackle, the yeah. fact that that is happening today is disgraceful or shocking and imagine being that player that mm-hmm. like that i'm trying to think of 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 recently i think axel twanzebe from uh from manchester united was was racially abused after um manchester united lost to everton a few weeks ago after a mistake he made for i believe it was something like not blocking a free kick or, or something yeah. incredible like that and and to scroll through those comments and and and, and see what was there yeah, was exactly. just disgusting and that can't happen no, it's like it's not only just how awful the comments are, but again, the knock effect for those individuals' mental health. Like, I know 100%. I know, I don't know if it was Rashford. I think Rashford said something about it where he's reading through hate comments and it just gets him down. He just feels, he just feels so belittled. He feels like everything he's doing, for example, with like free school meals and things like that, he yeah. just feels like it's not worth it because who cares if the fans are still using slurs against him and things like that. Like, that's why this is such an important issue, right? It's so good that you brought it up because it all has a knock-on effect and mm. sports is such a big realm, such a big, large like spectrum of so many things. Um, like everything within sport is, is its own community in itself. Like the, the football, the footballing world is, is just that. It's a world. It's 
got so many different cultures and, and personalities in there. Um, and if there was no grassroots, it wouldn't work. If there were no um, professional teams, it wouldn't work. And when you've got issues plaguing it, like racism, like um, prejudice and, and all racial bias and abuse, like it is just firstly not going to, it's firstly probably preventing loads of people from joining who want to join. It's ruining the game. And mm. it's the same across other sports as well, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. there's so many other sports where just perhaps maybe because they're not as big a sport as football, it's just not being highlighted. But I'm sure mm. this is common across all sports, to be honest. Yeah, I think it just happens on a, on a larger scale because it's football. Yeah. But imagine, like I, we were talking about kind of the negative effects of, of what sport could have on you. And imagine if you're a, if you're a kid looking up at your idols, if you're, let's say you support Man United, and your idols, Marcus Rashford, and you see what's happening to him, the good he's doing for our country, and and to still be receiving kind of racist slurs of people, what effect is that going to have on that little kid? He's not going to want to get involved with with football and stuff. If 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 that, you know, if if you're going to get abused for, yeah. for for making a mistake on a pitch, you know, and yeah, it's just not acceptable whatsoever. It, I think it would definitely like again that kid very easily could fall into a depression. They could lose. A lot of hope and mm. if football's their entire life i know for me there were times in school when yeah getting on the football team sheet was like the biggest thing yeah and 100%. say this kid it is everything goes home plays fifa every break time is out there playing football if he sees that uh that knock-on effect can be very long lasting it's not just like he sees a bad comment it's like oh no but he might see that and then think well what's the point because if i get into that position the same thing will happen to me um, and it's all well and good clubs putting out statements and things like that, but it's so meaningless and it's so mm. it, it's so superficial. And, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, and they need to combat this at a more a more localized scale as well because I've heard I once heard a racial slur yeah. being being said to someone on a football pitch this season actually on one of my eleven aside team and mm. and it's not just professionals and people behind their phones. It's 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 happening in our communities um and some i i can't tell you what what needs to be done because i honestly don't know but something has to happen that's the reason why i'm not not working for social media but people need to do something because this cannot happen no exactly and um yeah i don't know actually what what can be done i feel like well, you need to, you need, there needs to be um, leadership from the front. So, again, that's that. Again, it, again, I think it, a lot of it comes down to, comes down to things like funding and, and actually focusing on grassroots because I don't necessarily think that in football, for example, things come from top to bottom. I think it's actually from bottom to top almost because if you don't have that foundation, if you don't have your fans involved in the sport, playing the sport, watching it, getting involved in supporting teams online and things like that yeah and you don't have you don't have the sport so there's a reason why the super league happened when it did because fans weren't in the stadium because they knew that if fans were in the stadium they would never have been allowed to do this in the first place and they still went ahead with it and then the fans spoke out and it shows that football is nothing without without the people in the community without the fans without the people that that started it you know my club west ham was founded 125 years ago for yeah. some shipbuilders on the river thames yeah and you know like it's crazy how how like 
we're being now overlooked by by these businessmen who don't care about about do you think stan cronke cares about little english 11 aside clubs no he cares about his he he cares about arsenal he cares about his nfl teams that he owns and and the it's all about money now. And... There's a reason they all wear shades. <laughs> they're all hiding something. <laughs> There's a reason they're all wearing like really shady mm. glasses. But yeah, like 100%. Like if, if we've got these people leading the sport, they don't care. I, I mean, I, you could insert other words that I would have done, but I don't want to get the uh, explicit logo on my, on my Spotify. <laughs> thank you. But like they don't, they don't care. They don't give a crap about how, how, fans mental health is and how fans feel and they don't care about black players that get racially abused they don't they genuinely couldn't care less they all they Joel Glazer about... couldn't name half his own squad at Man United exactly. he doesn't know the offside rule he, he's just <laughs> he's just sitting in New York in his penthouse apartment with all Using the money the coming in. he's calling football the s-word I mean if you ever call football the s-word you're not a football fan and this is what he's the, these people don't care do you think Stan Kroenke sits at home and goes oh we might lose 5,000 season tickets this year. No, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about the fans. No. And this is why the the proposed... There's been talk about this 50 plus one rule, isn't there, that happens yeah. in Germany, where um, 51% of the club is owned yeah. by fans. And I think, yes, there are potential um, problems with that, but I think that the benefit of having the fans having a, a bigger role in the club... Mm. will not only have impacts on on their club that they support, but it will also have impacts on localised football as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you see the, the 50 plus one rule and things like that that actually secure the sport for the fans are very important because you definitely see every, every time you go and watch a game, there's always those fans, the group of fans that are there week in, week out, no matter if it's raining, no matter if it's a rainy day in Stoke, no matter whether it's Champions League final in July, you know, or where, whenever, like in summer, in like on the on the Spanish coast, like they don't care, they're there. And if you take away football and move it away from the stadiums, they've literally lost their life. Like there's certain f- fans who who literally football is their everything, and they they live for it. And if you take that away, that's almost like someone in the family dying. That's almost like um, their like I said, their job being t- it's effectively. Their, their job as a fan, they feel duty as a fan, but it's also when they relax, you're literally taking everything away. And yeah, I, I think I was saying before, I can't imagine how many people were probably considering suicide and things like that when this was announced. Like, this is people's whole livelihood. And I was watching a live stream um, with Mark Goldbridge. I know, obviously, it's Man- Manchester United, but it was very interesting because he looked so deflated. He looked so mm. down. And he, he was in a state of bewilderment because, obviously, for him... Um, and people like him again. Football's their whole life. From playing it with with mates, and then also commenting and and podcasting on games, it's everything. So yeah. if it lost it for him, he said he didn't know what was what he was going to do. He didn't know what where he was going to go um, next in terms of his career and stuff. And yeah. he was actually saying he wants to you know just delete things, you know, delete his channel, yeah. delete the yeah. United stand, and just yeah. get rid of it all. And that that's that's not just Mark as well. Um, a Liverpool guy called. Anfield agenda. I don't know if you know who he is, Luke. I think he. I think he appeared with with him. And yeah, so he came on. He came on Mark's stream. But Liverpool played Leeds the day after, and normally he's this bright, happy guy with his Liverpool shirts on and 
and like backgrounds on his screen with the Liverpool badges and everything. That stream, he was in a black hoodie mm. and no Liverpool gear at all. And you could tell the effect that this is having on yeah. on people. And these are these guys have, have a big platform and there's millions and millions and millions of fans across not only this country but across the world that hundreds of millions. Well billions. That, yeah, yeah, billions of people that that this Super League would have affected. Yeah, hundred percent. I think actually going back to what you're saying about um like the 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 racial comments because I think it is all tied in. Um again it's just a lack of care from the top. But again, going back to the statistics where after seventeen point five five hours of sport a week, poor mental well being more than doubled. If we think about it, that's most professional players over seventeen hours a week of, of sport. So if you think about it, people say, Oh, playing football it's so easy, da da da, you know. It's, it's so easy. You're literally just kicking a ball around. No, no, no. The amount of uh, conditioning and, and strength and conditioning and opportunities that you have to miss in terms of parties, um, eating out with friends and things like that. The amount of opportunities that have to be missed and the amount of sacrifices you have to make, of course, that's going to impact your mental health. But added on to that, if there's players that are doing above 17.5 hours a week, so bearing in mind their poor, that their mental health is is more than doubly negatively affected than than people playing a, a little bit less sport. As well as that, they have to con- certain players have to contend with again racial abuse every single day, and yeah. it's not like a footballer can just get rid of Instagram. Like that's how they yeah. communicate with their fans. That's probably where they get a lot of income on sponsorship deals and things like that. So that's that if they're if they're poor mental well-being their chances of get, having poor mental health is doubled by just their career think of how much more negatively affected like for example um again players who are racially abused how more mentally affected they would be than a player who isn't like there's a big gap in privilege there and probably it impacts their performance a lot more than you think 100 percent, yeah like it, it's yeah. like if someone comes up to you and, and and says something to you that that maybe shouldn't have been said or is is really criticized uh, like critiqued about about your performance on a football pitch, for example, you're going to take that personally. And it's not like these players. People overlook the emotions of footballers, and they think, oh. They they they're, they're fine. They they play for Man United or whatever. They mm. but they will they will read those comments. Yeah, they will look through those comments. And... Well, they do because they. Yeah. yeah, I've seen people. Yeah. you know, they put them on their story and just to highlight what's going on. So they they read the messages. Yeah, and and people people just expect them because they're professional footballers. They just expect them to to read it and go oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, game on Saturday. Yeah, fine. Let's go. That's not how it works, and. One, one negative comment to me or to someone else could could have big effects. And think on if you multiply that on that scale to be a a professional footballer with a with a huge following to have people do that to you, of course it will have knock on effects on on your performance and and mental health. Of course it will. And this is why stuff has to be done. A hundred percent has to be done and has to be done very very soon. Yeah, and. The the other thing is well, I think I know it's a slightly different um slightly different example, but for example, um again, just to prove that footballers do suffer from really bad mental health and, and the same issues that, you know, people who aren't professional, you know, su- suffer from, the general population. For example, Gary Speed, you know, he he was mm-hmm. very, very young. He I think he was just getting in you know, he just 
got into management, is retired, um, really famous Welsh footballer. And I think they, they he, he hung himself in the end. You know, he, he, he committed suicide. And I think, um, again, mental health issues are a lot more common than you think. I watched a documentary yeah. a while ago with Paul Merson and... I can't remember who. Oh, I think it was David Seaman and Paul Merson. And they were talking about alcoholism and how they used alcohol in the past to basically get through some of their mental health struggles. And I think mm. documentaries like that are so needed. We need so much more of that. And yeah, Merson's the more... story is, yeah, is, is like, really cool. Yeah. And obviously, I... it's quite biased. But with Jesse Lingard, for example, he recently did a little feature on his Instagram, um, you know, when, he, when he's not scoring scoring loads of goals for West Ham he, he he did a little feature where he was talking about how he sort of felt almost lost he he felt he was he was yeah out at Man I've, got, I've got the quote here actually yeah so I could have easily quit in lockdown I could have been like no I don't want to do it I quit I give up wow and you know for someone like that to come out and who's had a very you know he's had a, he's had a, he's had a very turbulent career he was one of the star players of a world cup run um and for him to come out and say that is yeah. a is a great start, and more people need to do it. Mm-hmm. But as you were talking about Paul Merson, um, one of my for some reason one of my favourite West Ham players, Robert Snodgrass, who's actually not at the club anymore, but he did a he did some podcasts in lockdown, um, and he had Merson on, and I, I listened to that and and just thought wow, like because I knew Merson played for I knew he was part of a great Arsenal team and, and I, I've seen him on, on Soccer Saturday on Sky every week but when you hear stuff like that about how you know mental health has been has impacted footballers so much it's it's really eye-opening and yeah. it needs to be talked about more 100% um, and yeah there's so many out there if you guys uh, uh, yeah if any of you listeners want to find out about them I'm, I'm sure if you just look up the ones we've mentioned um, just type that into YouTube or something. There'll be so many more examples um, because, again, obviously, the I guess there's no financial incentive for the media to push documentaries and things like that, so it isn't really well advertised. But, yeah, I think um, we've had a really good discussion there today, and uh, thanks for listening and, and, you know, anyone who is still tuned in. Um, I, I was going to ask, Ollie, if, do you have any sort of final comments before we wrap up um, just to get across to our listeners? I just want to emphasize the point that we made at the start that it doesn't matter whether you're incredibly fit, incredibly in shape or, or, or you're the other end of that spectrum exercise is, has so many positives and whether you want to go and play some football, whether you want to go on a bike ride. And I mean, Luca last year we did a few bike rides into London and that was definitely great. Um, Even if you just want to, like I said, grab a coffee and go for a walk with a friend you know the benefits of that is incredible and and I also want to emphasize what I said earlier that if you have doubts about getting involved or you don't know many people that would get involved in sport I guarantee you that you will meet people through sport and you will meet some amazing friends through that and I highly recommend that that if you're on the fence, should I should I join a football club? Should I should I not? Should I stay at home? Go for it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, like I said, um, feel free to tune in next week for our last episode of the Mental Health series. Um, 
where we'll be talking about how other people around you can impact your mental health. Um, so, yeah, thank you for joining us today, Ollie. Thank you for having me, mate. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys in a week or so. Bye-bye. Thank you.